welcome everybody to the Church of the Warm Heart. My name is Elijah Jonahoon, and uh, today it's Youth Sunday. Uh, we want to w- welcome everybody that's watching online, and I want to remind you guys to use the books and the pews to take attendance. That Nicole's holding up. Um, and now we got some announcements from Landon. Good morning, church. We have a lot going on here at the Church of the Warm Heart. Multiple classes are in full swing, and groups are regularly meeting all the time. Those regular groups include the card makers, who are meeting today at 2 p.m. in the FLC, and the Merry Methodist, who will be meeting next Sunday evening at 5 p.m. Both the card makers and Merry Methodist are always looking to include more people, so if you have an interest in making cards or sharing a meal, you can talk with any staff member about specifics. The big thing coming up this week is Ash Wednesday. Ash Wednesday marks the beginning of the season of Lent, and this year for Ash Wednesday, Pastor Mike will be holding three mini-services with short devotionals and the the imposition of ashes. You can choose what time you want to come, 7 a.m., 12.30 p.m., or 5.30 p.m., or if you really need several reminders that you are dust, you can come to all three. This year for Lent, Pastor Jen is coordinating a devotional study where you're invited to buy your own book, participate in the daily devotions on your own, and then, if you'd like, gather on Wednesday nights to check in with each other and discuss. If you want to participate on Wednesday nights, please let the office know so Pastor Jen can arrange a meeting place that will hold everyone. And if ordering a book on your own is intimidating, just let the office know that, too, and we'll take care of it for you. That's all I've got for announcements, so now I invite you to take a few moments to greet those around you in Christian love, and then remain standing for our opening hymns.
Um, please join me in an affirmation of faith. We are not alone. We live in God's word. We believe in God who has created and is created. We have come in Jesus, the word made flesh, to reconcile a man who works in us and others by spirit. We trust in God. We are called to be the church, to celebrate God's presence, to love and serve others, to seek justice and resist evil, to proclaim Jesus crucified and risen, our judge and our hope, in life, in death, in life beyond death, God is with us. We are not alone. Thanks be to God. Amen. if you don't already know. Today, I'm feeling quite generous. So, Olivia, this ginormous bag of M&Ms is for you. Thank you. Wow, awesome. Do you have one for me, too? Oh, no. I didn't think that far. Um, Olivia, do you have any ideas? Well, I am pretty generous. So... Basically, generosity is about giving things with a lot of what you can offer, even if it's not totally recommended of you. You could have totally given more than just one to each kid. <laughs> There's over 500 in that bag, Olivia. <laughs> um, has anyone ever been generosity to any of you before? Like Santa, for example? Has he ever been generous? reasons we can be generous is because God is generous to us, and he has given us second chances multiple times, and basically, yeah. So, do you guys want to pray with me today? Okay. Thank you, God, for being a God of second chances, and for always being generous to each and every one of us, so we may be generous and love others. Amen. And unfortunately, There is no youth group or Sunday school for you guys to go to today, but you do get to watch a lot of us talk about generosity up here. And unfortunately, that is not for you, Olivia, but I do have (laughs) one for each of you, specifically because I'm also feeling generous today. So, you know, you want to come up here? Thank you. That's pretty much how it goes. Can you pass this to the kids, please, Coraline? 
Today, we are celebrating the work and ministry of our warm heart quilters. You may see some of their work in our sanctuary today. Let's take a moment to thank them for their countless hours of work to provide warmth and comfort to those who need it. Most of the quilts are made for specific people or ministries, but some are for sale. Talk to any quilters if you are interested in purchasing one. Now, this morning we will give a warm heart blessing over these quilts, stitched with love. If you have a quilt in front of you, would you please place your hand on it as we give our blessing? Please pray with me. Almighty God, it is your will to bring comfort and help to the distressed. Thank you for all who use their talents to create these beautiful messages of love. Bless these quilts wherever they may be used that they may provide warmth and security to those who have experienced tragedy or have no other shelter. May all who receive these quotes be wrapped in your love and forgiveness. Renew our mission to feed the hungry, shelter the homeless, clothe the naked, comfort the weary and outcast, welcome the stranger, and be a loving neighbor to all people of the earth. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.
not a youth, but we did have a youth who was planning to do the prayer this morning, but unfortunately he woke up feeling ill, so I wanted to step in and make sure no one else had to come up with a prayer at the last second. So as we come to our prayer time this morning, go ahead and take a moment to center yourself. If there are folks on your heart, I invite you to speak their names aloud at this time. In a moment, I'll lead us in a prayer, and then I hope you'll join us in saying the Lord's Prayer. God, we thank you for the many blessings you have poured into our lives. We look around, we watch the sun rise, we see the rain fall and the things begin to grow. We see the quilts littered over this sanctuary made with such love and care. We see these teenagers up here willing to share their gifts and talents and lead us in worship. Father, thank you for all the many blessings you have poured into our lives. Help us to be grateful for what you have given us and to take that generosity, that gratitude, and turn around and be generous with the things that we have. Help us to be generous with our time, our attention, our money, our resources, our M&Ms. Thank you, Lord, for, for, the, for the multitude of ways you give us to serve you each day, to make a difference in the lives of those around us. I ask that you would help us to be your hands and your feet. We pray now in the words Jesus taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, But deliver us from evil, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Now please stand and join in our next hymn, Freely, Freely.
We have several scripture readings this morning from Philippians, Matthew, and Proverbs. Philippians 2, 3 through 4. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you the interests of others. Matthew 6, 1 through 4. Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets, to be honored by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received received their reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. Proverbs 11.25 A generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes the others will be refreshed. This is the word of the Lord. Everybody, <laughs> if you haven't seen me around before, my name is Josephine Johnahoon, and I am a 17-year-old junior who goes to Meridian High School. Not to mention that I am also in way, way too many extracurricular activities, from orchestra, art club, student council, and debate, NHS, and I also have a job. I am super, super busy. <laughs> but with my debate experience, I do have a little help when I'm writing a sermon. When I look at sermons, I think they're just speeches. And as a three-year debate student, I have tons and tons of experience with speeches. My idea is to not only teach y'all about how amazing being generous is, but also how to make a convincing argument using the structure that I've used to win multiple debate rounds this year and hopefully take me to state. So today's sermon will be done, dramatic pause, debate style. <laughs> When constructing a good debate case, we need claim, data, warrant, and impact. These things will make sure that when we're trying to convince someone about something, we hit them up with ideas that everyone can latch onto, using emotions, logic, and credibility. These things make sure that, one, your listener isn't bored with your speech, two, your listener has a reason to listen to you, and three, has an idea that you know what you're talking about. Already in this speech, I've already talked a little bit about my credibility, aka why you should listen to me. I can also say that I'm very passionate about this church and church in general, the Bible. I've read a lot of it. I've been going to this church since I was six and have been a part of this youth group for five years. Also, I've preached on Youth Sunday once before, so I would hope that I'm credible. First up is our claim. A claim is what we're trying to tell or convince someone in a speech, sermon, or debate. It's also the main point that we have to use, that we use to support the rest of our speech. In my, today, my claim is going to be, generosity is something that we as Christians can use to make others feel better and to become closer to God. Now, usually, when we get done with a claim, we want to give some definitions to make sure that people comprehend what you're trying to say in your claim. So, I will be defining generosity as showing kindness towards others. I want to speak more about how generosity makes someone feel and not how much, not as much about how you can be generous. It's all about the feelings. Moving on to our second part, data. Data can be charts, blog posts, or personal experiences. 
anything that can prove without a doubt that our claim is true. For this sermon, I'm going to use the Bible and a bit of personal experience. To keep things a little bit short and sweet, I'm going to be using a process called cutting cards. It's pretty much taking the data that you want out of the article to make sure you aren't plagiarizing. It can also give you a shortcut so you don't have to include evidence that you don't want. For example, we have uh, Philippians verses, uh, Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 through 4. Right here, we just have it uncut. So, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility regard others as better than yourself. Look each of you not into your own interests, but the interests of others. Now, this whole quote does tie in, but I only want certain parts of it in my speech. So, I'm just going to highlight the parts that I want. So, I'm going to use this as my data. Let each of you not look let each of you look not into the interests of others, but the interests of yourselves. And <laughs> oh, did I I messed it up, didn't I? I'm so sorry you guys. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Let each of you look not into the your own interests, but the interests of others. I'm so sorry, you guys. That is incredibly embarrassing. Will not happen again. Oh, it probably will happen again, but that's fine. Okay. So, alrighty. After our data, we have a warrant, which explains how our data ties into our claim. So, I'm going to say that in Philippians chapters 2, verses 3 through 4, we can see that if we look into the interests of others over our own personal interests, we are able to be a more kinder and more generous person, which makes people feel good. I will be pretty much repeating this process with all the data so I don't have to go into it and it's a little bit more clear, you know? Next up, my personal experience. Now, in a debate setting, personal experience is completely unvalid. They, in some cases, I've watched people say things to me and my other friends that your personal experience is invalid, but this isn't debate and there isn't any mean kids. So, here goes my personal experience. The cookie bully continuum. <laughs> Here's how it works slash worked. When I was in third grade, I got bullied by this kid. He was super mean, and he called my mom ugly. And if you cannot see, my mom is absolutely beautiful. Not to mention the friendle situation. <laughs> but the cookie bully continuum is done in three easy steps. One, get bullied. It seems hard, but if you're not a cookie cutter human being, it is quite simple to find someone to hate you for no reason. Two, wait until the person stops bullying you. Call on outside help or try to find, get rid of them yourself. I would recommend outside help, though. P.S. You should wait until the person stops bullying you so you do not get clowned for step three or made fun of. Three, give them a cookie. Even me, people like cookies. There's so much variety when it comes to them, and there's so many different flavors that there cannot, there's got to be something for everyone. Cookies are so versatile that every... There can't be somebody who hates cookies, pretty much. Everybody loves cookies, and if you really don't like cookies, maybe you should consider doing a cookie soul search. <laughs> now, you may be wondering, why give something that brings you so much joy, because I love cookies, um, to somebody who's taken their time, taking away your joy? I like to think about it this way. Even people who are having the worst day, or being the worst person, deserve something special. And even though you might be sacrificing some of your happiness for another person, if you have the power to make someone's day even a little bit better, even a little bit better, which is a perfect example of how be, being generous, of being generous and showing the generosity that God wants us to show to others. Finally, we need some evidence on how this will make us closer to God. 
In Matthew chapters 6, verses 1 through 4, after some card cutting, be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. Do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may, so that your giving may be in secret. Then your Father, who sees what has been done in secret, will reward you. And finally, to tie that in, when we want to become closer to God, as shown in Matthew chapter 6, verses 1 through 4, when we do generous acts and we don't wave them around, we can become closer to God and be more like how God wants us to be. Now, for our impact, why you should care. When you show generosity to other people, you have, ability, have the ability to make a change in their life and push them to also be more generous, which can make a change in someone else's life. It's like a giant cycle. So even if you're just a third grader who, with only two cookies, or you are shamelessly plugging the mission trip because Papa Murphy's is not the career path that you thought it would be, being generous is something that everyone can do and everyone should do because generosity is something that we as Christians can use to make others feel better and become closer to God. Thank you very much. Hello, my name is Gabriel Beneshek. I'm going to be your junior pastor for today. I'm just kidding. I'm doing the sermon. Okay. When I was about a year and a half old, I loved toys. I would play with them all day long, and I would have so much fun. But sometimes I would do something funny. I would run around the room, and I would just give my toys to my mom. No reason. I just like to give my ter- toys to her. And one day, as I was happily playing and giving my toys to her, something unexpected happened. I was running back and forth between rooms carrying my toys with me when suddenly my mom heard a thud from the other room. I had climbed onto the piano, and I had fallen off and hurt my nose. Now, we had to rush to the hospital, and the doctors there were very kind, and they stitched my nose up. And you know what? I still have a scar from that day. But here's the thing. The way I was giving toys to my mom, just wanting to make her happy, is kind of like how there are people in the world who will help you when you need it. Like my parents, who were always there for me, or the doctors who took care of me when I got hurt. And even little me, just innocently giving my toys. I was, giving, I was being generous too. You see, generosity isn't about doing big things or grand gestures. It's about the little moments, the simple acts of kindness we do for each other every day. It's about sharing what we have, whether it's time, toys, or a helping hand. Well, that's a nice story. Thinking about it now, I can't remember anything. And, you know, I don't really know why I was giving toys to my mom, and maybe I wasn't trying to be generous to her at all. It's more funny to me now than something that makes me feel proud. It's hard to be generous. I had it easy back then. Was I sacrificing anything? I wish I could have that level of philanthropy now. Being generous feels simple when you're not giving up anything important. So how do I find generosity now? Well, fast forward to the summer of 2023, and I'll share how gratitude helped me become more generous. As summer approached, I wasn't feeling very happy. I had just gone through a tough breakup, school was stressing me out, and I had a lot of things to learn about myself and what I wanted to know for the future. 
I wasn't appreciative of what I had. But there was one family vacation I was really looking forward to. Washington, D.C. and New York City. This is the best vacation I have ever been on. We went to the airport, flew across the country, and we landed in New York City. It was my first time seeing the city's beautiful skyline in real life. We hopped on the subway to the Amtrak train station and boarded a train to D.C. The next day, excitement filled me. We did so much. In just one day, I got to see the Washington Monument, tour the White House, read the Declaration of Independence, visit the Capitol, enter the Senate chamber, and see the Lincoln Memorial. Over the next couple days, I got to see so much more, including the real Star-Spangled Banner. You know, seeing things that are so important to our nation's history made me realize just the scale of our world. Everyone there had shown appreciation towards our country and our history. Washington, D.C. is an incredible place, and I had a wonderful time with my family and extended family, seeing so many amazing things. All right, D.C. was nice, but New York is even better. <laughs> New York is such a wonderful place, especially for a family. I mean, during my time in New York, I had a blast. I watched three musicals, visited the top of the World Trade Center, which is the tallest building in North America, strolled across the Brooklyn Bridge, explored the MoMA, which I only got to see really cool artwork that I've only seen in school. And while I was there, I just soaked in the beauty of the city. And seeing its scale and diverse culture was inspiring. A city full of millions of people to thank for its view. So was it a perfect vacation? No. Despite facing uh, boring car rides, getting soaked in rain while walking in D.C., feeling sick from some food, dealing with the heat, enduring long waits, and navigating busy streets, this vacation was amazing. Through it all, I learned to appreciate my life and the world around me more. These fun and tough times made me realize the simple joys I often overlook. I had realized that I must have gratitude if I want to truly appreciate the blessings in my life and find contentment in my circumstances. So what does this have to do about generosity? As I reflect on the journey from my innocent childhood moments to the profound experiences of adulthood, I find a beautiful connection between the threads of gratitude and generosity that run through both tales. In my simpler toddler days, I unknowingly demonstrated generosity by sharing toys with my mom, driven by a desire to spread joy. Similarly, I ventured into the vibrant cities of D.C. and New York City. I felt as though the world has opened its arms and welcomed me. Through the challenges and joys of my recent vacation, amidst the rain-strokes south seats of D.C., the boring car rides, moments of sickness, and heat of the summer sun, I learned to appreciate the simplest joys and blessings in my life. Each sight, each sound whispered tales of history and culture, reminding me of the boundless richness Earth has to offer. In these moments, gratitude blossomed within me, casting a radiant light upon the world. And as gratitude took root within my soul, it paved the way for generosity to grow. No longer was I merely giving toys to my mother without reason, but rather I found myself extending a hand of kindness to the world with purpose and intention. For the world had given me so much, a life of experiences, lessons, and blessings. And it was my turn to give back, not only in material possessions, but in the precious currency of time and selflessness. At any age, the underlying theme remains clear. Gratitude is a catalyst for generosity. 
It's in recognizing and appreciating the blessings in our life that we find the capacity for greater benevolence. Whether it's through simple acts of kindness or grand gestures, generosity stems from a heart filled with gratitude. As I continue my journey, I am reminded of the profound connection between these two large things. I would also like to express my gratitude to the Church of the Warm Heart for helping me become more generous. May we all cultivate a spirit of gratitude within our lives that it may lead to greater acts of kindness towards one another. For in the end, it is through our acts of love that we truly make a difference in this world. Thank you. As we come to the offering today, Landon and I wanted to take a minute to introduce for the very first time our 2024 mission trip. This summer, we will be traveling to the Silver Valley in Shoshone County, Idaho, to serve with Idaho Servant Adventures. So this year, we are going from Idaho to Idaho. (laughs) The mission team is still being formed, so we're not going to formally present them today. But if you've already committed to the Idaho trip, go ahead and wave. We are already looking forward to serving the community alongside other youth groups as we do home repair, yard cleanups, kids camps, and way more up in the panhandle this June. It's never too early or too late to donate towards our youth mission program. And we are so grateful to have a congregation that supports us and helps us have these life-changing experiences. If you would like to be generous and donate towards our mission trip, you can do so today or any day from now until June 16th. You can give online through the website, you can, mark a, you can donate a clearly marked donation into the offertory plates, or you can just simply hunt Nicole down. <laughs> Thank you in advance for your support of our mission trip and your ongoing support of this church and all of its awesome ministries. Finally, we want to squeeze in one more scripture passage about generosity. From 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6-8, through 8, remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver, and God is able to bless you abundantly, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work.
moment to read an offertory prayer. God of all wisdom, as we bring our gifts to be dedicated this morning, we pray that you might open your ears, open our hearts to hear where you call us, and respond with trust and courage, so that we may find healing in our lives, our families, and our world. May these gifts bring healing to your creation. In Christ we pray. Amen. Our closing hymn is sent forth by God's blessing. into your world, into your life this week, and have a cookie soul search. Not only to find cookies, but to also find ways that you can share God's generosity with others, with others in your life. Amen. Sorry.